Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. The Human Technology Podcast is back from summer vacation. This is the return to fall, return to autumn episode of this podcast. And I will use it to talk a bit about my summer vacation, where I was and what I did and what I learned. And of course, I will mirror that into things like mobility, like human driver to car interactions and uh, automotive technologies experiences I made there. So I was in Ireland, which is in the northwest of Europe. It's an island. It's divided into two parts, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain, whereas the Republic of Ireland is an independent country and member of the European Union. It is a wonderful, beautiful country. It's very green. I mean, it's an island in the Atlantic Ocean. There's a lot of rain. It's never really hot. It's never really cold. And everybody says it's raining there every day at least once and uh, very often and regularly. We were very lucky. We had nice weather um, almost the entire time we spent there. So two weeks uh, we were up there. The last day and a half was typical Irish weather with rain and wind and a bit chilly. But we enjoyed it. And it's beautiful landscapes. Um, you have beautiful cliffs you can see there, green lawns, tons of sheep and cows and other cattle, white beaches. I mean, it's a bit cold. I haven't been in the water But uh, yes, it is. It is uh, very nice. You can take long walk on on lo long walks on lonely beaches and beautiful, nice cities. Uh, we've been in Belfast and Dublin and Galway, which is a very very nice city. Uh, rural areas, national parks. So we saw all that, and uh, we had a rental car, and uh, we uh, used that to travel on on the island. So it was it was a bit of a different summer vacation that I had this year. Instead of uh, being in Spain and Mallorca and hanging around on beaches, and yeah, that 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 was a different different thing this time. What both uh, kind of vacations had in common was uh, 
the nice food and the nice drinks. I mean, Irish pubs are well known uh, wherever they are on the globe, but there are also Irish pubs in Ireland and they're very nice places to have a good beer and to meet people and very friendly, very open, uh, the Irish. So, yeah, I, I totally loved it. Uh, I will talk uh, about three different things that I experienced there. One is um, the fact that, and you will find this out when you get to the airport and into the rental car company, the uh, Irish drive on the left side of the road, opposed to the vast majority of uh, Europe, of continental, all of continental Europe, um, where we drive on the right side, the Irish, like the uh, English people, the British people, like uh, on uh, Cyprus and on Malta, um, former British colonies, um, they all drive on the left side and the rest of Europe drives on the right side. So we in Germany, we are used to sit on the left side of a car and drive on the right side of the road. And I want to discuss this not under the as aspect of uh, wrong and right, but under the aspect of left and right. And it is about the... Um, automatisms that we have so, so we we act we as humans act widely automated and you experience that when you sit in a car where everything is the other way around the second thing is an uh, intercultural cross-cultural issue that i experienced uh, that is the way traffic works in ireland which surprised me a bit, uh, but many things are quite different. Behaviors are quite different compared to Germany. Um, so that is that is one thing I want to talk about. And then um, we used Apple CarPlay all the time. And uh, everything that uh, we do did in navigation and media was done through Apple CarPlay. And uh, I will talk about my, my experiences there and um, about what uh, I would call a cognitive dissonance. It's not so much the real scientific uh, cognitive dissonance, but I experienced that. And I will explain later in the podcast what I mean with cognitive dissonance connected to Apple CarPlay. So let's start with driving on the left side. My personal experiences uh, with that uh, had been very limited. About 25, 30 years ago, I spent a summer vacation in Cyprus, where they drive on the left side, and I had a rental car there. So that was my basically only experience. I mean, I traveled to, to Thailand, uh, where they drive on the left side. Uh, I traveled to Malta, but I've never been driving there. Same with London. Um, in my time in, in Oxford in Great Britain, um, but, but I haven't been driving there. So my dri only driving experience before flying to Ireland was the, the vacation almost 30 years ago. And if you enter this car, everything at first sight feels wrong. Everything is somehow wrong. Even entering the car is somehow wrong. So if you open the left door, which is the passenger door there in these cars, you, you have difficulties getting into the seat because you're missing the steering wheel. Now, we are all using the steering wheel when we get into a car to get into it. If you do the same exercise on the other side, if you open the right door of that car, 
it feels like the steering wheel is just in your way, is not anyhow helpful. Which shows me entering a car on one side is one thing, entering the car on the other side is a totally different thing. And the steering wheel is helpful on one side and it is disturbing on the other side. That was the very first experience I did, so I, I was not able to get my feet into this car because I, yeah, my wife was driving the first uh, first time, um, the first uh, two or three days, so I was navigating. I said to her, everything, the car itself and everything about three meters around you, that's your thing, and everything beyond that, that is my thing. So that I will tell you what to do, and that, that, that's how we solved that thing, and it worked out very well, by the way. And... Um, yeah, so uh, I was sitting on the, on the passenger seat, but I just was not able to anyhow get into the seat uh, uh, anyhow elegant. You know, it was always non-elegant entering that car. Once you're driving, um, it always feels like you're on the wrong lane, particularly if you're driving alone. If there are other cars around you, uh, you, you pretty well understand, okay, I just have the, to follow the car in front of me, and so then, then I'll be okay. And then the other cars are coming on the other lane. But if you're alone, it feels like, hey, I'm on the wrong lane. If somebody comes from, from, from uh, up front, uh, he or she will be exactly on the same lane as I am, which is wrong because the other cars are on the other lane. <laughs> and uh, another point is if you enter a roundabout, and there are many, many roundabouts in, in, in uh, Ireland, um, you have to look to the right to uh, see the, the oncoming cars. And you have to give them way. I mean, that, that's the idea of a, of, a, of a roundabout, that if you're in the roundabout, you have the right of way. And if you enter it, you have to wait until there is a gap in traffic. And uh, if you drive on the right side, you have to look to the left. And in Ireland, you have to drive on the, on the left side, and you have to look to the right to see the cars correctly. And all these are automatisms. These are automated procedures that we have learned over the year. And... These are not, not only not useful, um, but you have to override them. You have to not only ignore them, but you have to replace them with new procedures, with new automated procedures. To, or first, they are not automated. They are conscious procedures. And you have to override all what you have known and all, all the procedures that uh, you are using. Maybe you remember your first driving lessons, the first time when you were a beginner as, as a driver. You had full focus on driving. You needed all your cognitive resources, all your mental capacities to drive, to make the gear changes, to, to use the steering wheel the right way, to analyze what's happening out there on the road and yeah, who's who's doing what and, and where are the dangers and what do I have to do? How do I have to behave? And yeah, and you cannot do anything else. In the very beginning, all you can do in a car is driving. And after a few years, you can listen to music, you can talk to the passengers. Some people even believe they can uh, fiddle around with their smartphones, which we should not do. But, um, yeah, you have this, uh, over time, driving gets more and more automated. And um, there are psychologists out there that uh, claim that uh, we spend about 90% of all time in some kind of automated mode. So that our entire life, everything we do, 
or almost everything we do is almost unconscious. So we have very limited uh, focus on, on what we do all day. And this can, you, you, can, you can blame that, you can find this negative, but at the very end of the day, it makes life much, much easier. Imagine that uh, if, if you just walk from, if you stand up from, from, from your seat and, and just walk around a bit and you have to coordinate every single muscle, you have to think about every single thing that you do, um, that, that, that would make life very, very hard. What we usually do is we make the decision, yeah, I'm going to stand up, then you're going to stand up and now I'm going to walk a couple of, of uh, steps and then, then you walk, walk a bit around in the room and then you can use the time to think or to... Um, I don't know, uh, uh, read or to, to watch TV or whatever, to do different things. So all these um, automatisms, all these automated procedures, um, yeah, may make our life much, 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 much easier. And the idea behind this is that we have um, higher levels of the human brain, higher areas, higher parts. And these so-called higher parts, they are the conscious parts. This is where you process information consciously. And they eat up enormous amounts of energy, of resources, of focus. And then um, if, if you start learning a thing, driving a car, playing a guitar, um, dancing, yeah, then these things become more and more automated and are moved to lower parts of the brain and become automated and, and more and more unconscious. And then it's easier to do this. Yeah? It's easier to drive uh, when, when it's, it's something you have well learned and you have a lot of automated procedures because then you can listen to music and, and talk to the, to the passengers and do all these things. And this, uh, I mean, I started driving at the age of 18. I will be 60 next year, so you can calculate this over 40 years of driving. Um, so there's a lot of automated things in there. Now, suddenly, you are driving on the other side. You're sitting on the other side. The steering wheel is on the other side of the car. And it took us about three to four days until it worked pretty well, until you started getting used to it, until you started building new automated procedures, new mechanisms in your brain. And uh, we experienced that this is a very dangerous transition transition phase because you believe you have everything under control and you lower your focus and suddenly the old schematics, the uh, right side of the road driving schematics, they come up, the old reflexes come up again. And suddenly you're driving on the wrong side and suddenly you're making a, a left turn, not a tight turn, but a white turn. Um, so this is um, yeah, happening in this transition phase. After the return, uh, when, when we returned back to Germany and started to driving on the uh, usual side, on the, on the side we are used to driving on the right side, that was a very quick return. But every now and then I'm still looking into the, into the left when I'm entering a roundabout. That is very seldom and um, I find this funny. It's not anyhow dangerous because I realize right away, oops, that was wrong. Look into the right, not, not to the left. Um, so sometimes the, the Irish uh, automated procedures come through, but uh, uh, you, you get back to the old, old scheme pretty soon. So I learned in this area a lot about what automatism means, what automatism and driving means, automated driving procedures, and how much easier 
they make certain things. Second point, traffic in islands. So it is an intercultural experience you make there. This is why uh, I said uh, you're educated when you're traveling. Traveling uh, educates. So we have the saying in Germany, Reisen bildet, meaning um, if you travel, you're educated. And culture, you experience culture only when you are in a different culture. You, you, don't, you don't realize your own culture if you never leave it. And everything is just normal. It is just the way it is supposed to be. It cannot be anyhow different. And, and then if you travel and, and you see people doing different things or the same things in different ways or behaving differently or seeing things different, having different opinions, and um, then you suddenly realize, okay, yeah, so I have a couple of... Um, Yeah, schematics in my brain, a couple of uh, standards in my brain, and that must be cultural. Well, that, that's cultural, culturally driven. Um, that's that's part of my personal culture. When I believe this is just the right way and this is the only way, and suddenly experience somebody is doing it somewhere else. And so, so culture in this means are, are rules and behaviors that groups have in common. So in this case, a group is. The Irish and the other one are the people living in Ireland and uh, the other group here is uh, the, the people in Germany. And I'm very often I'm annoyed about traffic in Germany, particularly in the last couple of years. Uh, I feel like it's becoming more and more hectic. The uh, discipline gets lower. People don't take red lights serious anymore. Pedestrians, anyway, they don't do this too, too much, but even car drivers uh, don't respect a red light. People are squeezing in uh, to your lane. Um, they, they are not supporters. They are not behaving empathic uh, by leaving gaps to leave you in or let you crossing somewhere. But this, this is a growing thing that I feel is happening in Germany. Ireland is clearly tougher than that. There are more people squeezing in. Red traffic lights are, particularly for pedestrians, not more than, I'd say, a common recommendation. Yeah, So basically it's red and uh, it feels like um, that there could some car approaching, but I will walk anyway. This is how they behave. And car drivers pretty much the same. And um, this is for, for the pedestrians is one thing, but if you drive in a, in a city and uh, you have a green light and, and the pedestrians have a red light, you still have to take into account somebody could cross the road right now, be ready to break and not uh, uh, trust, do not trust uh, that they don't walk just because they have a red light. And the funny thing here is, if you are in a traffic light in Belfast, which is in Northern Ireland, um, they, they have these push buttons that you push and uh, there is a sign on it that says wait on red, on green, cross carefully. In real, reality it is they carefully cross on red and uh, they walk on green without looking left or right. That is uh, the difference between what uh, public authorities want you to behave and uh, what uh, people are actually doing. Something else that I learned in uh, Ireland uh, is uh, driving on tight roads, on bad road surfaces. Uh, 
particularly in Northern Ireland, uh, the road conditions are not that good. And the, the, the roads are pretty tight there. And very often you have a road where two passenger cars just fit on and suddenly you have one of these big buses, one of these big coaches coming towards you and you have to do something. And I mean, these guys, they don't move or if it's a big truck, um, and then you as the passenger car driver, passenger car driver, as, as the stupid tourist, you have to find a solution. And usually there is a solution by, I don't know, um, driving into a side street or squeezing your car into the bushes on the left side or whatever. So that, there are always solutions. This is what I learned there. Um, there is always a solution. Um, however tight this road may be and, and um, however the, the space is missing there, um, but but it works out at the very end. It, it, somehow there is a solution somewhere, and trusting in that, trusting in there will be a solution is something that um, was was one of the learnings I had there. Here on, on Mallorca, I am I am at the moment here in Spain at Mallorca. We have a pretty similar situation. Some of the roads are very narrow, and uh, you have to squeeze yourself through sometimes. But it's uh, even worse in, in an island. Uh, my learning, my, my, uh, what I take back from that is uh, I find traffic in Germany now far easier to, 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 to carry, far easier to understand. And I just find it okay uh, the way it is because I know in a not too far away country, I mean, uh, Ireland is about two hours, two and a half hours flight from, from Germany. Um, it is totally different and even worse, and um, that uh, gives me a good feeling. It, it's not that bad as uh, I may see it. Okay, third thing, and I've talked about uh, a lot about Apple CarPlay, and um, I made my experiences with this. We used it for two weeks in a row. We drove all the time with Apple CarPlay, so all the navigation, all the media, all the phone calls, everything was done uh, through through Apple CarPlay. The first connection, I found it extremely lengthy, difficult, complicated, complex, not easy to understand. We had a small SUV of a Korean brand and uh, yeah, it was not easy. It was not not clear uh, of what to do, what the next steps are, and what can I do on the smartphone? What what do I have to do on the head unit? At the end, it worked out. We did it when we when we when we took over the car uh, when when the car was handed over to, handed over to us at, at Dublin Airport. We fixed everything and and before we we started, and uh, so we had a navigation active when we left the rental car facilities. Um, but, but as I said, it took us a couple of minutes to, to connect the phone to the head unit. After that, connection problems occurred regularly. We entered the car in the morning and car and head unit were ignoring each other. They were just not connecting each other. They were connecting in the wrong way. They had problems in connecting uh, the audio and yeah, things like this happened. So, at least once a day, there was a serious problem. Suddenly, navigation didn't work anymore. Suddenly, you were not able to do to, to, to turn on a new playlist. 
suddenly yeah we we parked the car take, took a took a two hours hike somewhere returned to the car car and head unit or smartphone and head unit were not able to connect anymore this happened roughly once a day and one thing that nobody says you up front and that we experienced is it works it only works when you have a mobile network and when you have GPS data. If you do not have this, then this system leaves you alone. And very often these are the critical situations. You are somewhere in the middle of nowhere and you need a navigation. Yeah, it just doesn't do anything. There are no maps and there's no route guidance. You cannot find a destination because there is no network connection. Another example, um, when we were in Belfast, uh, we wanted to drive to, to the north coast of, of uh, Northern Ireland and we were parking in a parking lot, a closed parking lot. So I turned on everything um, as I did it every morning on my smartphone before we left the hotel room. I put in the destination and activated route guidance and usually yeah, you get into the car and, and this is a good thing about this. Um, it transfers it from the smartphone right into the head unit and you can drive right away and everything is active. The right playlist is playing, the right navigation is turned on. So everything is good when you do this. And we left the parking lot in Belfast and it had serious GPS problems. So it located us somewhere. It calculated a route, it recalculated a route because it's put us something, I don't know, 300 meters away from where we are. And yeah, then I started driving um, just to catch a GPS signal. And I was driving. I'm, I'm not. I'm not telling you any bull. Um, it is. It was true. Fifteen minutes through Belfast in some direction. I don't know. Is it right or is it wrong? Am I? Is it correct what I'm doing here? And we're driving and driving and driving. And the system was recalculating routes and putting us somewhere in a city. And then suddenly there is no GPS signal. And then it puts us somewhere else, believing there is a GPS signal. But it was wrong. It tells us make a left here. But there was no left road at this time. And it took 15 minutes to put us into the right position and to do a useful uh, uh, route calculation, a useful route guidance to us so that we were able to driving to the national park we wanted to drive to. Another thing um, that uh, I found out is when uh, there, there are areas without a uh, mobile phone network, that, which is okay, it happens, and this system has a problem there. The big problem there was um, you drive there and you park your car somewhere, you turn it off, you disconnect smartphone and head unit, you carry around the smartphone, you return after an hour, the smartphone and the head unit have forgotten everything. And if you want to reactivate your route calculation, it is not possible. I mean, it. I just wanted to reactivate the, the, the active one. But it said, no, I don't have any destinations. I don't have any network. You cannot restart the route calculations. And this, this is what I mean is when you need it most, it leaves you alone, that you cannot use it anymore. Yeah, so, so if you disconnect it, it forgets everything. And then if you're in an area without any, any, any mobile network, you have a serious problem uh, because you cannot restart the root guidance. Another thing where I believe, guys, um, this is not very useful as far as user experience is concerned, is uh, 
islands is using the uh, metric system, meaning they have kilometers and they have kilometers per hour. Um, they have meters and uh, Northern Ireland is using uh, this typical British mixture of uh, imperial system and metric system, meaning they have miles, they have feet, they have yards, they have miles per hour for the speed. So they're changing that. And this is a fact and I don't complain about this one. The behavior of the route guidance in uh, Google Maps uh, with Apple CarPlay in this car was the following. You were crossing the border and you don't see this border. You only see this on uh, on the map. Um, they, they are extremely carefully that you just don't see the border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Never ever say Southern Ireland, by the way. Yeah? So I, I said, someone said in the pub, to a guy, yeah, and then we'll go back to Southern Ireland. Oh, this is not Southern Ireland. We are the Republic of Ireland. All right, so Republic of Ireland. And if you cross this border, um, first you, you don't see a difference. And suddenly you find out, okay, um, the uh, traffic signs look a little different. And, oh, it's, it's miles per hour. The navigation remains, if you drive from Ireland to Northern Ireland, remains in kilometers per hour, remains in kilometers as it is, which is okay. When you then start a new navigation on the premises in Northern Ireland, on, on, on Northern, Iron, uh, Northern, Northern Irish uh, soil, then it is in miles per hour. Then it uses the imperial system. And on the way back, it's exactly the same. So if you drive in Northern Ireland, you have miles per hour, you cross the border, it remains in miles per hour. And if you then restart the navigation, it turns to kilometers per hour. From my point of view, there are two behaviors that should be there, that two possible behaviors. One is I'm driving with kilometers per hour and it stays in kilometers per hour forever. It is okay, not a problem. And if I want to change that, I have a button somewhere, I have a switch that I can turn and say, okay, good one, um, I'm doing this. Or this is the alternative, which is also good. It always adapts to the country you are driving in. Meaning if you cross a border, like the border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, then it automatically switches from kilometers to hour per hour to miles per hour. This is also one thing that I find acceptable. But the behavior you have in Apple CarPlay here in Google Maps is not acceptable. Yeah? That you remain with this one until the next one. Probably there is a technical reason for this. And this is exactly how many negative user experiences are created. Oh, we have a technical limitation and it's super hard to solve, so we don't solve it. We leave it to the user. It's a user problem and he or she can solve it and that's it. Forget it. All right, so I worked off myself again on Apple CarPlay. I've done this a couple of times in the past, but this time it was so obvious where the bugs are and I can say, hey, guys at Apple you want to enter the entire car. You, you want to write automotive software. You want to take over the, the automotive dashboard with software. Get your homework done. Solve these basic problems. And then come back and then we can talk about what we can do together. All right. As said, uh, there is a cognitive dissonance in this. And I know that Apple CarPlay is far from perfect. 
that there are many, many problems connected to this one. But the functionality is so good that I always use it. When I came here to Mallorca, I got um, accidentally a car of the same brand, um, almost the same car uh, here in Mallorca. And the first thing I did is connecting Apple CarPlay. I mean, I had the two weeks of not so good experiences with this technology. And the first thing I did when I got into it, connect it and use it. And I did the same um, with, with a German high-end SUV when I was in, in the States uh, early January. When I, uh, they, they, it had a, had a full navigation, full media system internally, but I connected Apple CarPlay, Auto, but at that time it was Android Auto, and I used that, knowing it is not good. And this is this cognitive dissonance, the indulgence, the sweetness, the easiness of some parts of this entire thing, carrying my destinations around it, preparing everything up front in my hotel room, bringing it into the car, having everything available that is mine in the car. Uh, that is so sweet. That is that is uh, so seducting that you just do this. And um, yeah, um, when I get into a car and it has Apple CarPlay, I get into it and I activate it. Sorry for that. All right, that's it. The first, um, yeah, after summer episode of the Human Technology Podcast. I will return to the bi-weekly rhythm. I thought about uh, changing that, but I, I don't have a real reason to change it. Uh, so I hope it's okay for you that um, I return to, to this bi-weekly rhythm. The next episode will be more content, less personal. Um, but I had the feeling that um, I need one of these episodes and I want to have this in my podcast. If you have an idea on what I could talk about, if you want to hear my opinion about certain things, if you uh, yeah, would like to hear uh, what I think about this or this or that, then send me an email. Say, hey, Peter, I would like to hear in one of your podcast episodes this or this or that. Then I'll pick it up and I will talk about this. Write your email to podcast at beyond-hmi.de podcast at beyond-hmi.de Then I will receive this and um, yeah, I will set up a couple of episodes with whatever you want me to talk about. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Tune in next time, take care and stay healthy.